I am the Shadow Lord. You may remember me from a previous advert on the Improv London podcast. Or maybe you saw one of my few corporeal appearances at Duck Duck Goose. Well, the latter is more relevant here. I'm here to tell you that Duck Duck Goose are now running courses and workshops at their fabulous HQ, the Ephra Social Pub in Brixton. Go to www.ddgimprov.com to read more and sign up. The next beginner's course starts on the 25th of February 2019 and the performance course on Monday 13th of May 2019. I'll be seeing you in your nightmares. <laughs> it's episode 73 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Victoria Hogg. Hello. Hello. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. It's really nice to have you here. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's very nice to be here. We're in my house. Yes, that's, yeah. this is true. It's good. And uh, Vic has cooked for me. And I'm not saying that all guests have to do that, but I would very much encourage that. <laughs> I feel like I've set a, a difficult precedent, guys. Yeah. And I'm sorry about that. It's a Thai red curry, vegetarian, yeah. just to FYI. I mean, I'm just saying, everyone, raise your game. <laughs> I'd like to know about the origin of Duck Duck Goose. The origin of Duck Duck Goose. How did that come into the world? Okay, okay. So Duck Duck Goose. Well, for everyone who doesn't know what this is, it's a free weekly improvisation jam, which takes place in South London in Brixton. It's been going since February twenty fourteen, uh, so that's just over three and a half years now. Anyone can come along. And you just uh, put your name in the bucket beforehand and we run a show and you get to get up and do two-person scene and and then uh, a montage. And there are always three acts as well now. And I'm explaining what it is, but we've had uh, a number of uh, Team DDG on the show already. <laughs> the superstars that they are. So you, you know all about the, the admin I mean, <laughs> side that, of things. That's presuming that all the <laughs> listeners have listened to every single episode, which I very much hope that they have. Of course they have, Stuart. <laughs> well... That's what I tell myself when I'm (laughs) alone and cold at night. Uh, But what they haven't done is they haven't told us how uh, Duck Duck Goose got started in the first place. Okay, well, um, I was doing an intensive, uh, which was a UCB intensive, in a pub in Stockwell called the Priory Arms. And there's a room above it that uh, used to be used fairly often. And then on day one I think of this intensive um, a couple of friends James and Simon sat me down and uh, literally one on either side of me like so I couldn't get away <laughs> during this lunch hour and said hey Vic um, I think you might like to take over our Monday night we, we've done it for a while now and actually we're moving on to different things but would you like the space um, and so I was like uh yeah, okay, that sounds fun. What am I, what am I doing? I have no idea. Uh, so I'd done a bit of stand-up and done some sketch stuff and done a bit of radio comedy stuff, um, all just hobby stuff. And uh, now improv is my new big love. And I thought, yeah, this is, maybe this is the moment to, to do, a, do a thing. So, because um, I'd never been to a jam before, but it just felt like 
a, a possibility. I don't know. I don't know. It's just <laughs> fate. It was fate. So then uh, I, I, I had a chat with uh, with some buddies with whom I was doing the monkey toast course, and and uh, the fantastic Walid said, yeah, he would do it with me. So. Um, it was really it sounds like cool. the, sorry, we're just we'll keep this in. This is Verite, but we're the, gonna keep uh, it in. Vic's keep notes, it. which she sent to the printer half an hour ago, <laughs> have now finally arrived. <laughs> they're, they're, they're also pointless. And on the other side of the room, look, let's 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 keep on track. Um, yeah, so. so so um, you'd never been to a jam, I'd never been but to you a thought jam. that's fine. I'll just do yeah. a jam. It doesn't matter. That I've never been to one. I... I don't remember exactly what gave me the impression that it was a good idea for me to do this. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Um, um, Walid, who's a fabulous actor, and and um, uh, his name is Walid Akhtar. So that's. <laughs> Normative <yeah>. determinism. <laughs> Precisely. Thank you for knowing the, the correct term. Um, uh, yeah, he uh, he said yes. So we went we went along uh, uh, before we even started. I think we we, we went along to a C three. Something. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't C three something. In oh, those days. it was C three seven six, eight six four, something X. Yes. yes. Well, that's not quite it, but that <laughs> that'll do. I always thought that was a bit of a security risk, naming the group after the code to get into the building in which you rehearsed. No, it's the code that all of those keypads are set to before you set them to your own oh. code oh i didn't know that yeah. oh i've been six seven three four x i think so so if you want to break in somewhere i mean <laughs> i would say uh, uh, to all our prof london listeners that uh, we do not endorse the breaking in of places but if you, you wish to do so this is how you do it you absolutely mustn't do this okay <laughs> this is what you shouldn't do don't go up to any particular keypad like that and go c three six C3467X, that's it. C3467X. Don't do that, because that might get you into that room. (laughs) Really? Yeah, if they haven't reprogrammed it. Oh, well, uh, yeah. (laughs) So if there's somewhere really new to break into. Exactly. Oh, oh, yeah, they're new. Oh, yeah, Yeah. Criminal skills. Yeah. But bear that in mind. Absolutely. So we went on to one of their nights over in Liverpool Street, and, and I felt like I didn't have a clue what I was talking about well I didn't it was it was a correct feeling and uh and of course they were fantastic Shem and Carleen were just so super slick and professional and kind and generous uh with their advice and then so just a few weeks later um uh Waleed and I started this night uh and it was really it was really fun it was really fun we only had about half a dozen people the first time He and I did a, a bit, like almost like an act, and then, and then we, uh, then the following the following uh, week, I think we had King Me, and that was uh, Will Sell and Al McGee, yes. and James Marchant, uh, and they put an act together for the night, which was pretty cool. But I actually felt because I okay, so we're sitting here, right, and I've got a. A preposterous amount of notebooks next to me, and they're all different, but they're all w- well loved, and um, they are what I write in because I just write all the time uh, in notebooks in order to 
it's how I remember stuff hmm. is to write it down and then read it back. And I, even then I don't remember it. So <laughs> it doesn't matter. But I think the reason why I started doing improv notebooks is because I kind of knew unconsciously that I was going to be doing this for a long time. Right. Yeah. Interestingly. Yeah. So um, I even have the page. I'm just quickly flicking. Give me two seconds <laughs> if I can find the book. It's really interesting whether um, you should, not you should, but whether you decide to record uh, what's happening, say in a workshop or something, or whether, you know, you should be yeah, present yeah, or yeah. something like that. Exactly, exactly. Should you should you be present uh, fully or should you be also be taking notes because they m- might well serve you mm. uh, importantly later on? Mm. And um, yeah, Chris Mead and I are the two kings of taking notes in class um and it's it for me it's how I remember stuff I think and and also it's really nice to read back when you have been in a class with someone who is who is uh, making a great impression on you just to even just to remember their own phraseology yeah although I don't think everyone takes notes like that some people just draw cool illustrations and stuff <laughs> um oh wait one second one second so I have the I have the notebook from when I was uh, starting DDG, and so I have all the names that it could have been. Oh, because this lovely! Is, this is what I do, right? I just yeah. I just throw names out. I I like naming stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. my thing. Cool. And so uh, I throw names out, and then finally someone will go, "Yeah, that's that'll do." That's a Can name. you just just shut <laughs> up with the naming stuff? We'll use that. We'll use it. So, uh, so that's what happens. So it's, it, I have some awful names written down here. Um, uh, improv army, a priori. Do we even know what that means? I have uh, no idea. It means something that you understand going into an argument or something like that. Thank I you. believe that's it, Trace. Why, why would I write that down? That's I have good, no idea. Rocking horse improv. Never mind the improv. <laughs> Never mind the improv. Um, oh my God. Uh, what about a hot dog? Hot dog. <laughs> Why didn't it become a hot dog? <laughs> Would you have liked that? That's so cool. I, I like hot dog. Should we change it? Let's change yeah, it. Change Fourth it. Fourth birthday. Just <laughs> switch it up. Um, improv-nado. 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 <laughs> Improvicane. Improvicane? Is... Well, like Novocaine. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're like hurricane, oh, I guess. Right. Well, it comes straight after improv-nado. Oh, yes, I can see like what you were doing. You were doing a weather thing there, yes. Oh, my God. And then I've also written down up here... Um, oh, my God, I want to die. The, the Yes And Gang. The Yes And Gang. Oh. Fuck. Like, I, like a play on the Red Hand Gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, kill me, kill me. And The Unusual Suspects. Oh, yeah, yeah. And also uh, The Fifth Quarter, Ooh. which is one of my favourite expressions. Do you know that expression? No, so, no. basically, you use it in meat marketing. And, um, and the, the Fifth quarter is uh yeah my husband and i think this is the funniest expression because it's 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 about mechanically retrieved meat oh lovely so basically it's about grinding up parts of the animal that aren't necessarily your best cuts right yeah, yeah so yeah. It, you know uh, it's not there's no longer four quarters yeah. you can use this fifth uh, quarter and it's about so it's about maximizing your profit if you're in the meat industry wow so I, as a vegetarian i'm sure you would completely appreciate that well, yes uh, and i also think it sounds a great name for a, a, an improv night because <laughs> you're I you're getting so. all those bits that you would not normally use and you're <gasps> 
grinding them up to make sense. I knew I should have done that one. Oh, it's so confusing. We'll change it, we'll change it. We'll change it. <laughs> also, the fifth quarter, that sounds like a really exciting part of a city where you don't normally go, but it's, you end up going there and then it's like, that's where the interesting things happen. But that's just a made-up thing I've made up. No, it's cool, it's cool. <laughs> like, yeah, I see what you mean. Like the, the French quarter. Yes, exactly, yeah. but yeah, you the go beyond quarter. the French quarter to the fifth one. Like, like if I'd... Like a new dimension. Yeah, exactly. It's my favourite part of the city. any city. That's where I always hang out. <laughs> okay, great. That's brilliant. I love that. I love the rejected names that you have for things. Yes, yeah. indeed. So, yeah, so that was... So why did you choose yeah. Duck, Duck, Goose? Uh, I don't know. I think that was the moment when uh, when Waleed just went, that's great. <laughs> let's let's use that one. Vic, just stop talking. <laughs> So, yeah. There are two parts of Duck Duck Goose. Duck, Duck, Goose. Um, one is uh, the jam and one is the acts. So if we can just talk about the jam for a second, what uh, what's your advice for people who are not feeling confident about jamming? While you think about that, I will say I really appreciate the DDGers who are looking after people in the jam. And actually that's really supportive, keeping an eye on who... Um, you know, maybe hasn't done something for a while, or is, is okay. Do you, you're saying that like you've noticed it? Have you yes. noticed it? Yeah, I have noticed. It, Amazing. Yes. Okay, that's um, great. Yes. Because yeah, have. we do have we have dedicated jam captains. Yes. We take it really seriously. We um, I actually just uh, I'm in I'm I'm in the process of writing a blog. Yeah. I just thought you know everyone else does. Yeah. Just get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> so so I was just writing down some thoughts and uh, and. And I wrote down that I, for, for me, the number one priority is safe space. Yeah. Because, um, you can, yeah, you can be funny if it's not a safe space, but it was probably going to be at someone else's expense. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it might be, you know, personally, even if it's low level, traumatizing, yeah. potentially. Um, so I think funny, you know, I think... I think you can have just to keep banging on about something being a comedy night creates this tyranny of funny, yeah. and uh, I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, this is because, like, basically, I've created this philosophy because I'm not funny, <laughs> <laughs> so it's my safety net. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've decided that funny doesn't matter. Right. Okay. But for me, funny comes second to safe space because everyone can be funny in a safe space. Yes. So yes, it's about uh, making sure that people feel. Um, appreciated yes. and it's it's also about uh, yeah making everyone feel like they can they, they have a right to be there I suppose yes yeah trying to do that because I find jams uh, less so now but certainly when I started an immensely traumatic experience oh did you yeah terrified of them um, and by coming along to Dark Dark Goose um, I've generally I would say I'm almost at the stage where I'm enjoying them now. <laughs> well done. Thank you very You're much. You're very brave. Thank you. Oh my god, I I find jams difficult, or I used to. I don't. I, I'm extremely hard on myself, so I have this awful attitude that everything has to be perfect, and 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 no one wants to hear what I have to say anyway. Uh, so. It's hard to feel relaxed in that. Um, it's, it's your uh, amygdala, isn't it? It's basically it's just fight or flight yeah. uh, responses that you have to um, 
I don't know, either suppress or cultivate into something else in order to be able to um, bring your best work. And uh, so having just finished a nine-day Keith Johnston intensive, um, I felt completely liberated. I felt like he completely managed to assuage some kind of primal fear in me since the moment I started improvising, which is that you have to be good, that you have to bring your best work. And... And he's made me realise that, yeah, be professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Turn up on time. Try and uh, serve your scene fellows. um, Have fun. But he just kept repeating, be average. Wow. Please don't do your best. Please don't try your best. Yeah. Because you can't. Because you will try too hard. You'll get all up in your head. You'll make it difficult for other people. And you won't be as good as you want to be. But if you are just average, then you will simply, um, if you, if you fulfill the brief, that's a tick, right? Yeah. It's nice to feel like you've got it right. And if being average is the thing that you wanted to do, then that's, that's an achievable goal. Yes. (laughs) In any scene or show or, or, or class or, or, uh, uh, situation of course, course. Yeah, yes, yeah yeah exactly yes. and that, that's great advice i mean i uh i found that i found the duck duck goose jams a lot easier when i gave my permission myself permission uh even less of being average more just i have permission to do the worst improv that has ever been done and that's fine and nobody cares nobody nobody chucks you out of the improv scene mm. for doing a terrible scene to be honest Probably nobody thinks it's as terrible as you did because the inner critic is, you know, is, is much yeah. more severe than, you know, the external critics. A hundred percent. And actually Katie Shute talks about that in her book about how people care about your scene far less. They're all up in their yes. own heads. Everyone, yes. And, you know, yes, exactly. Like, I, look, it's not that we're not a lovely, caring community. <coughs> Narcissists. We're not. We're not. It's just that you, yeah, you, you want to... You're more interested in how you yes. did, potentially. Than anybody else did. And that's fine. Uh, yeah, it's all fine. My favourite scene with you in it, ever, is it was a DDG Christmas show. And we, we even have a beautiful photo of it. I need to get it on the website. It's really good. Um, it's you and Chris Mead. Yes. <laughs> um, and Chris is playing a slightly cranky dinosaur. Dinosaur, and yes. It's, and it's... So it's a T-Rex type of dinosaur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, you're in his study. Yes. And he pours himself a, a, a whiskey. <laughs> and, and you can tell quite clearly that it's quite a weighted tumbler. <laughs> uh, good quality crystal. And um, yeah, there's just such beauty in it. And yes. you just have a, a beautiful expression on your face saying, I'm in my happy place. <laughs> yeah, it's really fun. Yeah, so it was a really fun scene to play. Um, although it was happening so quickly, I was a bit like confused, and I was like, ah, I was like on a roller coaster, but it was a fun it's, roller that's, coaster. That's that's improvising with Chris Mead. It's you're on a roller coaster, aren't you? Yeah. And you're going to a fun place. Oh, so the fun! fun. Uh, yeah, let's talk a bit more about your Keith Johnston course. Um, yes. That you did. What was it like studying with the master? It was incredible. Uh, there was quite a few of us in the room, and it was a kind of a, a master pupil set up yeah and he was you know he's as as, uh, as my friend would say he's three days older than god so he quite <laughs> likes he quite likes sitting on the sofa and telling you some anecdotes um but he's extremely good at it yes and 
And he also uh, got us doing stuff that I've n- never done before in a class. Uh, literally, I think day two, I found myself lying back on the sofa with my arms behind my head being tied up with another improviser's actual belt and he does not do any preamble about safe space off the top wow yeah so this is (laughs) you're like okay and actually i really trusted the person that i was in the scene with even though he was a total stranger just because we'd had the opportunity to do a little bit of work beforehand and and because i'm i'm in a place at the moment where I'm really comfortable with what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so it was all cool. but So it wasn't object work belt. It was an actual no, physical. No, he actually real... literally, yeah. So Keith is often doing side coaching. Yeah. Um, so yeah. he's... he's. Well, what was he going? Tie her up, tie her up. <laughs> yes. I think he did at one point. Like, tie her hands up. <laughs> but what was beautiful was that it was, a, it was an exercise in status. And so um, if one has chosen say the number one to be higher state because you each get to choose a number so it was me and this other guy and another guy uh playing a teenager and because he actually was a teenager that was really interesting uh so he was our son but because you're each trying to uh keep the status that you've chosen secretly in your head yeah um and i'd chosen one right and obviously so had ben so we were both trying to win the scene yeah, if you know yeah, what I mean yeah, so that was really interesting and that came out really clearly as we were doing this scene um and then the son comes home and I think oh my god I think even he'd he'd decided to identify Ben as a one and me as a two or something I can't remember anyway he was pretty high status as well but it just ended up being a really meaty scene yeah. because we just had these internal objectives um, that drove us yeah. and yeah it was a very exciting nine days yeah. nine days nine days without a break yeah. oh my god that I sounds was really intense absolutely hanging by the end of it yeah yeah it was good it sounds amazing yeah it's nice that you know he's still around and you know able to I don't know I always imagine that whenever I'm involved in something that the people that created it will be you know in the past whereas he's still in the present he's very past. much in the present and uh and so I was really excited to be able to take the class. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I, you know, it's it's interesting. Everyone uh, has uh, moments where they might not uh, completely agree with their teacher. But, um, and I never actually sort of um, bought into the cult of Keith necessarily. Uh <laughs> But I, I ended up being a, a huge fan and just feeling extremely, uh, extremely safe and secure around him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I got him to, I got him to sign my, I bought an impro for storytellers and oh, yeah. I got him to sign it. And uh, on the last day, I think, and, and he wrote, hi, Victoria. And then in backwards writing, yes. in brackets underneath, in backwards writing, mirror writing, he yes. wrote, don't be original. Right. And then wrote Keith Johnston, <laughs> London, twenty seventeen. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm a fan. Cool. Yeah. And would you? Uh, I'd like you to maybe, if you can, define your improv style. As in, do you think you're Johnstonian in your approach, or do you think you're more sketch based, UCB, <laughs> mm. or? 
Okay, so I'm, that's a, an interesting question, and it's uh, I'm not yet far enough down the line uh, to completely be able to understand what it is that I stand for. I think effectively I'm just a total mongrel, who I'm a, and a magpie yeah. who just picks up whatever might be flying past her nose at the time, and um, because I'm I'm older than a lot of people on the scene, but have only been doing it for around six years. Um, I think that if there's a course that I can possibly afford and I can get on it, I will do it because I want to be really good at this. Yeah. Uh, uh, as well, while also being average. Uh, <laughs> so, I, so I, I have trained with a lot of different people. I've never been to America, right. which I'd really like to do. I'd yeah. like to go into... Um, you know, Chicago or uh, with Second City or IO West as well. I had, so um, the nursery theatre brought um, Jason Schatz and Colleen Doyle over, oh, yeah, yeah, who yeah. are two people called Dummy, yeah. and they're also teachers at IO West. Um, and and it, that was mind-blowing. So I had Jason for a week and really enjoyed what he was saying. Um, and he talks about boat work, so about finding the thing that both of you are interested in. So, right. so like for instance, say running an exercise whereby I say to you, oh my gosh, I love sausages so much. You can't say that because you're vegetarian, for instance, yeah. but you can find whatever act is closest to that and just say, yeah, well, I enjoy um, cooking. That's my, you know, that's my love. So then you end up sort of being on the same page. Yeah, and that's yeah, yeah. an interesting way of... Um, getting on the same page and being able to support each other in a yes and kind of way. Um, yeah, I really appreciate Johnstonian ethos. Um, and I thought it was a bit theatery, darling, uh, a while back, but I can, can, I can appreciate it now because I see how visceral, visceral it is. It gets straight to the heart of things. Um, I took a class with Patty Styles quite recently and she's obviously phenomenal and the direct line from Keith. And she was talking about how uh, the first offer is the very first thing that you see from your scene partner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it might even just be an expression or just the slightest movement of body, and that's the first offer. And that's really interesting because having done monkey toast for you know four or five terms, whereby, um, uh, and I agree with this as well, whereby if someone comes out and they do space work, um, then their scene partner will probably give them the courtesy of the first line because they've had an idea. Yeah. So this is a, sort of like almost an opposite ethos from maybe Johnstonian principle whereby you can start doing a thing and then the other person maybe will comment on it. Um, do you see what I mean? I'm tying myself in knots. So I've had, it's like ridiculous. I have, well, well, there's, there's, yeah. I have a, a, lots of different thoughts on it. Yes. And um, I'm still working out what I enjoy the most and you know there's not one true way of doing it and knowing there are different approaches for different scenes you know yes. you can approach in different ways i think that's a healthy that's a healthy approach yes tell me about gorilla panic <laughs> okay uh it's a it's a two prof that i do with uh one of team ddg steph and um uh it's really fun yeah we're called that because it's uh, just a bit in the film Ted when when <laughs> they're just 
naming tons and tons of different types of weed. <laughs> and Gorilla Panic is one of them. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not, yeah. So what sort of style stuff would you say that you do? Um, we Okay, so it's interesting to see where each Tuprov is different and that's a beautiful thing you just ignite different things in each other and um and <clears throat> having done an amazing two prof course with jules munns at the nursery theater oh my gosh if he runs it again guys you need to do that it's really uh exciting but you you can see what you're interested in and actually what seems to happen with steph and i is that we we always end up killing each each other in some way or another <laughs> that will probably stop that's probably just a sort of like a gut reaction a fear it's a knee-jerk fear reaction but uh it happens more and more often uh not more and more often but it happens uh regularly um and it's it's i don't know we try and be quite physical but steph is is the nicest person in the, the world so he's he's um He's even, you know, in our Duck Duck Tales um, team, we call him the lovable protag because <laughs> he's just uh, adorable. Everyone loves him. So it, he finds it really difficult to play nasty characters. Right. Even the nasty characters he play, <laughs> plays uh, uh, kind of end up being nice or just... So we've been given strict notes to to for him to play nasty which he did last time we played together yeah, yeah. and he literally shoved me under a bus <laughs> well, not literally that would be insane yes that That's would be insane. <laughs> uh, and and that was that was good uh yeah yeah it's 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 um it's something i've been exploring recently with john kramer and um you know when you are nice in real life and nice when you uh, improvise mm. when you are able to bring out that darker side when you're performing Mm. just you know sometimes it really serves the scene well and it's just yeah absolutely crazy. i mean luckily i'm a total bitch so, <laughs> so uh you've already got that <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so we, we each bring different things yeah, so. uh but it's good to switch it up obviously otherwise it just gets uh you know um samey so yeah and how often do you rehearse oh god not not often yeah not often um we do try and get in half an hour earlier to the show yeah. at least once a month and rehearse that way but we are also in a team together called Duck Duck Tales which is a narrative team and so um, that's uh, that's like one way we can just get to play together and also of course we are in jams and uh, we are in jams together but we're never in two person scenes together because we have the rule that no um, none of Team DDG are in two person scenes with each other that's a nice rule yeah, yeah, it's good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think that makes sure that everyone feels involved and it's not, oh, I'm just sitting here watching the organisers have fun. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no one wants to see us. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't have too much of a good thing at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and you've also, you're also teaching. You're also teaching improv. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I made that switch and... Um, and I teach at uh, Goldsmiths, which is where I did an MA in applied theatre right. a couple of years ago. I just completed that at the end of last year. Um, and applied theatre is an umbrella term. So you can you can use 
whatever you like in order to um, facilitate socially engaged groups um, that will be of a certain type for teaching or therapeutic purpose. But because of my interest in improv, I kept bringing that to the party and even my dissertation was on how improvisation can um, uh, create agency and self-efficacy in adults with learning disabilities. Wow. So um, I, I worked uh, with a group a few times, you know, created some original research, blah, blah, blah. So I'm now happy to be teaching a short course at Goldsmiths. Um, I think that runs from November. Uh, and that's, uh, that's really good fun. Uh, beginners, beginners course. And, um, and I also teach at a place called the Mary Ward Centre, which is in town. And, uh, yeah, that's... So what sort of things, I mean, so what sort of things would you cover in those courses? Is it, um... I make them play mind meld for an hour. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't. I that hate, doesn't happen. I hate my mouth. Oh my god! Really hate my mouth. Get I'm out. good at it. I'm good at it. <laughs> Don't you? get me wrong. I'm good at it, but I'm like, can't we just do like some scenes or something like that? Okay. I just feel it takes forever. Oh no, it's brilliant. That's the whole point. I would happily stand there for an for, for an hour really? playing it. Yeah, because because okay. So what I say to people is, um, play it like you are. Um, uh, like your happy robots looking for the correct data. Oh right, okay. So if you do that, then it's then you can take all day and it's all fine and and you feel relaxed about it because also uh, another thing that Jason Schotts was good at and pointing out, uh, good at pointing out with me particularly was the way that one's face can change and so you're sort of a bit screwing your face up or yeah. seeing if you're happy with what you're about to say right. or that you're rejecting what you've just said and uh he ingrained in us that um so much of life is about body language yes. just check your body get in the habit of checking your body language yes. um and and don't for instance if you're in a in a jam stand on the side watching something you know with your with your chin on your hand right. like you're doing what I think Susan Messing calls auditioning the scene <laughs> so, you know just just be be neutral and ready yes. so I think mind meld is really good for that okay that's interesting that's a level two mind meld that I've not previously experienced when I've done it should we play now no <laughs> get out I know I'm breaking all the improv rules but so <laughs> if you never say no then can you ever really truly say yes <laughs> Uh, that's too clever I don't understand <laughs> what you just said um, I agree with it <laughs> I'm reading a book on uh, sensation at the moment neither am I <laughs> <laughs> and it's well, basically one of the messages which I thought was interesting was that if you never say no then you can never truly say yes yeah if you're in a relationship okay you, you know you need to be clear about you know you can't properly say yes I'm just going to say the same thing again. Uh, no, I like it. I like it. So this isn't in a, in a relationship. Okay. This isn't about unloading the dishwasher, is it? Uh, no, this is... <laughs> no, no, this is more uh, for more intimate uh, matters. <laughs> but Keith, oh my gosh. So Keith um, had... Uh, now I'm looking in my Keith notes, guys. Notes, notes, notes. There was a moment in with Keith where he starts talking about... Um, orgasms and uh, I said that in a really weird way 
uh, and it's about how um, it's the angry family, for instance, and, and so you all have to be angry, and he teaches you a way of pulling your jaw and exposing your l- lower teeth. Uh, in order to all look angry and it's it's really fun and interesting and then it's the super I think happy family or relaxed family I can't remember and then he talks about going into the orgasmic family wow and then he said oh should we run this yes let's let's do this can we have the orgasmic family up please and thank god for the Europeans in the room because we did get three people up immediately (laughs) they were all uh, not from the UK. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> hilarious, um, and they and they did it brilliantly. So what they did. does the orgasmic? Do you have to just all behave like you're on the brink of orgasm while yeah. you're having while you're running a scene? Wow, that's how I remember it. I, I think that happened. You go into a bit of a, listen when you've done Keith for nine days straight. You go into a bit of a fugue state. So you're also a teacher of improv. Yes, I am now. Yes, indeed. Tell um, me about teaching in Goldsmiths. You were about to, and then I interrupted you. No, I apologise for that. It's totally cool. It's totally cool. Yes, I, I teach a short course at Goldsmiths where I did my MA. Mm-hmm. Um, Your MA was in? In applied theatre. Oh, right, lovely. Uh, what does that mean? That means uh, socially engaged theatre for specific groups for teaching or therapeutic purpose. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I, I uh, run classes with elders uh, in Hoban and with um, adults with learning disabilities down in Deptford. Uh, yeah, things like that. Brilliant. So, um, so at Goldsmiths, um, I now do a short course on Wednesday evenings, which start in November. And so that's, uh, that can be found on the Goldsmiths College website. Um, and I also am now, uh, I'm very proud to say that I'm a uh, I'm a part of the faculty uh, at Hoopla. Cool. Yeah, I'm a supply teacher at the Lovely. moment. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I stand in when other people are, I don't know, doing a show that night or something, so they can't teach their class. Uh, but yeah, but hopefully next year I'll I'll get to uh, run a course of my own, which would be nice. And um, and so of course um, uh, when I'm when I'm working for Hoopla, I I would uh, totally follow their. Uh, teaching set up and their practice um uh but i think i have had a really extensive and eclectic training and um some people find say for instance a chicago star improv and and that's their thing and they stick to it and uh and that's that's what they do that's the philosophy they follow but i've had um so much different engagement with this form uh, across the six years that i've trained with people uh, like um, Second City, UCB, IO. Uh, I've done some clown and Commedia dell'arte, and I've done the Johnstonian stuff as well. Um, so I think that um, it's been really difficult to process, but it's finally all sort of clicking into place. And I feel like I'm beginning to em- emerge as some kind of um, player and facilitator who has who has I don't know maybe kind of um, four main pillars of principle like so for instance um, connection relationship uh, safety and positive body language feel to me to be the things that I'm kind of uh, most drawn towards I suppose mm-hmm. or that I find uh, most deeply entrenched even when I'm not thinking about it uh, in the room when I'm teaching. So can we explore each of those in turn and just maybe sort of see what you mean by each of them? 
starting with connection uh connection i suppose um i've just really been in deep with that with uh keith johnston and uh and i really enjoy it so i suppose connection and relationship are akin um but it's really just about i suppose being in the moment trying very hard to react straight off the back of what you've just been given or what is in the scene um not using uh, safety nets like talking about the past talking about the future talking about people who aren't there I mean it's 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 obvious stuff if you're interested in this stuff but it's just something that I really try to um, keep front of mind well sometimes obvious things need to be pointed out most often <laughs> things are only actually obvious in retrospect which <laughs> suggests that they're perhaps they're not so obvious after all <laughs> and then there's there's safety which is uh, yeah safe space is something that I'm really interested in um, and actually, when I'm doing my courses at Goldsmiths, there's something very specific that I do in, in uh, week three, when everyone's bedded in and they got to know each other, that I think just sort of, um, it just rises to the surface in a really interesting way in any facilitation space after you've been together for a bit, which is uh, to do with one's inner critic. And I just do a thing about uh, addressing that and trying to find an internal sense of safety. Um, and and run a little thing that I've never seen in any other room. I feel like I uh, sort of, I don't know, invented it. Of course, other people would have done a thing like this or, or even the same as it, but... Um, can you tell me what it is? Uh, no, you can come along and find out what it is if you Broadly. want. But it's, it's, uh, it's really, it's genuinely about addressing your inner critic. Right. It's, it's about having that conversation. And... And seeing what comes out and it's a kind of a risky thing to do because people can realize what has been embedded in the back of their mind and that might make them more nervous or right. less uh less safe in a space or with a group of people or if they're on stage improvising um but I feel like to address it is to confront the elephant in the room. Mm. And, and therefore, uh, I've, had, I've had people say to me regularly, thank you so much. That was exactly what I needed to do with myself. And it's something that I can activate at any time now. Wow. Um, if I'm in a position whereby I might feel uh, in a difficult state because of feeling nervous or feeling like I'm n not being kind enough to myself that I could be. Hmm. Um, so I feel like it gives my students agency in managing their se internal sense of safety and right. validation. Um, yeah, it's kind of about um, activating that while also simultaneously upping your skill level in technique terms as well. So, And the fourth one is positive body language, which... Uh, I learnt off Jason Schott's of Dummy uh, when he was here for the IO West Intensive. Um, and literally within the first two hours he was talking about it and being very clear about being neutral and, and, and positive and getting rid of habits that mean you screw up your face or you kind of close off your body, fold your arms, um, become quieter. And it was just really interesting that one can literally train oneself out of that. 
and of course uh, people do this all the time they do it in in business for improv um, setups all the time and actually uh, I'm starting a, a business for improv a business hmm. uh, with Francesca Reed hmm. uh, who's fabulous improviser and a facilitator herself as well um, it's called the offer bank but uh, but that's something that we've been talking about a lot is positive body language and how um, if you're confident, if you if you behave in a confident manner, then people treat you differently and you also perceive yourself differently as well. Mm. So this is, you know, it's it's page one of how to manage yourself in business as well. Um, but I think it's really interesting to see it through the improv filter and mm. to maybe give that perspective to people who are in business and who don't necessarily get the chance to play that often mm. and they're often in a very competitive environment mm. cool yeah you also teach in another place oh yeah so um i teach uh also improv for beginners at the mary ward center which is is also really fun and um yeah just running that termly as well so with hoopla there's a kind of a, a syllabus, but for Goldsmiths and the what's the other one? Mary Ward Centre. Yeah, Mary. I'm 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 building those myself. Right, cool. Yeah. How do you decide what to teach beginners? Oh, it's so fun. You decide through a number of different routes. I love planning sessions, but then I also love just going with the flow and seeing what the group wants. Uh, and and what will serve them best because it's this is the most interesting thing when you start facilitating seeing how every group is different and just one person not being there that week mm. or a, a difficult uh, uh, sense in the room of a of a of a global news thing that's happened will change the atmosphere mm. um, people bring different stuff to the session every time without even realizing it um and of course you bring your own stuff as well so it's it's really it's really good to see that as a dynamic in its own right and that's really interesting i mean i see a parallel when i'm teaching web design my lessons are planned within an inch of their lives but i do that so that if we want to explore something else or pick up something that someone's asked we can do that because mm. i've got everything set out and ready and i can just you know build on that we could do something different but I have to have that firm basis of preparation. Absolutely. So I can improvise, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's nice to have the both. And actually, um, I have to work hard now not to fall back on my plan too much and ignore what's happening in the room. Yeah. Um, like, so for instance, I coach as well. I coach uh, a, a brilliant team called Improfessional. Oh, yes. Who, uh, who are fantastic at short-form stuff and uh, are moving into scenes-based stuff. So I'm really enjoying that tension it's really fun hmm. um and i guest coach for the faux pas who oh, also do the same kind of thing um and uh it's great to have an arc for a few months worth of of, of what they want to get out of it mm -hmm. and to work towards that but also just to tear that up in the room if something something suddenly happens that is just igniting a moment in the room it's really fun so what's your approach if a group comes to you and asks to be coached by you? What's your, what's your sort of process for this? Um, definitely to, to see uh, where they're at, mm -hmm. what shape they're in, what they want to do and where they want to take it. Mm. You know, is this what, what, they, what they want to be achieving in the next six months to a year, I guess. Right. Yeah. 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 
And then you'll um, coach them, I'll say weekly, for a certain period of time? Uh, really, choose? it just depends. depends. It yeah. depends. Yeah. I mean, every team's different. Yeah. And every team, everyone's so busy. Yeah, so There's so, so much improv going on yeah. at the moment. But then people do book in to do gigs on a regular basis and they need to be you know match ready for that so yeah, yeah. so uh yeah you want to you want to meet a team at least once every couple of months i would mm. say but you know it kind of it, it ebbs and flows right, and sometimes yeah. um like for instance in professional are all uh, actors and so they have a busy summer schedule and right. then they have a busy winter schedule as well because mm. those are the kind of two peak uh acting times often you know going on tour or doing panto or whatever it might be so uh, I tend to see them around those um, you know outside of yeah. those two different moments cool yeah cool maybe thinking a little bit more about your sort of improv philosophy um, I'm going to ask one of the tough questions <laughs> and maybe the two will be linked but do you have a signature move is there something you do that people go, hey, classic Vic, she saved the, saved the uh, night again. <laughs> She's a classic move. They, <laughs> they never say that. That, that <laughs> wouldn't happen. In their hearts, they say that. My signature move uh, used to be not to make a choice, <laughs> really? not to put my stamp on a scene uh, to the point where I actually got called out uh, on it in a, in, a, <laughs> in a workshop. Oh, my God whereby um, uh, we were all invited to just do stuff for each other, haven't got to know each other across a few days, we invited to do stuff for each other that, that we know that that other person, you know, inspired in us or that they did a lot or that, you know, they'd enjoy. And yeah, I got called out for not actually um, putting my stamp on something. So um, wow. I try very hard to do that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, this... I, no, no, I don't know. I think I, I think if I'm, if I'm honest, I'm a, I'm a caretaker. If you, if you look at Katie Shute's book, um, she has a kind of a, a system that she talks about. And I think that in those terms, I think I'm the caretaker. All right. Um, what does the caretaker do? Uh, they just uh, look for, for where a scene might need um, balance or or a, a bit of um, input and they try to put it in there and, and the trouble with that is that it means that you don't you you don't put your fun first and actually it's quite a good idea to just sort of have the fun sometimes and I don't know I think I'm trying very hard to have more fun on stage right yeah it's yes. working it's definitely working good good yeah. good I'm dicking about a lot more than I right. have done yeah <laughs> well it's nice to have that caretaker skill set so you can contribute that to the scene, but then also to have the ability to have fun and to you know bring new things and that sort of stuff. So yeah, you know, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, it's, it, but it, we're all a work in progress. Yes, and you're always trying to push for things that you uh, you, you aren't um, you aren't so good at or that you really enjoy. Okay, so there's a there's a guy at uh, at DDG who's a regular who's called Tim, and he, he always surprises me. He's always doing something unexpected. And, uh, and I, I like it, because I end up in scenes with him or in jam with him, whereby he's really um, pushing me to up my game yeah. and to, to, to 
take it to a point whereby you know he's gone to or you know there's some something ridiculous that we're just enjoying framing and it's yeah it's inspiring cool uh so yeah what's your what's your improv philosophy what's if there was going to be the victoria hogg school of improv what would uh, what would the what would you be teaching i think as i've said it's about safe space and and having fun within that and it's interesting because when you talk about safe space, uh, you're primarily talking about internal safe space as opposed to... Because I've heard it talk about, you know, making a safe space for people to perform and feel comfortable. Mm. But that's always been external as opposed to the internal. I think they're both as important as each other. Uh, so you've got to build the scaffolding whereby people feel comfortable, but then you've got to give them permission to uh, be nice to themselves as well. Ah, right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, so, if someone were to uh, be on a stage with you, yeah, um, what could they do to delight you? Um, uh, it's a good question. Uh, Jules Munns taught me that question. I'm sure I've stolen it from. You. <laughs> um, I like that question. Okay, how may they delight me? Okay, so I think I I really enjoy uh, fun space work. Right. Um, I I like doing it, and I like it when people set up a space so that it uh, feels tangible as to where we yes. are, and that we can enjoy that, and we're not just talking heads. Um, I like doing uh, all manner of European accents. Oh, really? So that's always fun. Um, <laughs> just Europe, not the <laughs> Well, curious. Uh, I can go as far as America, I suppose. Um, Do you practice the accents? Uh, no, I used to. <laughs> really? I should start doing that again. Yeah. How um, did you practice your accents? Just by chatting, chatting to my kid and my husband. Uh <laughs> Did you warn them? Did you warn them you were going to do this, or oh, would you just come home and it would be Swedish Vic? No, no, no. They're both hilarious. They'll probably start start it in the first place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, how can you delight me? I don't know. Yeah, just by uh, I suppose surprising me. As I said, you know, I'm all about having fun at the moment, and um, and so anything that ignites that is wonderful. I made this. That's improv! <laughs>